Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 4. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they seek to change the world, and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris, and you can find me at EwokKiller on Twitter. I play Finnegan Finn Tempest, a tiefling trainer, which is a Skyrend original class supported by the Metalweave Games supplement Baby Beastry. Finn is the trainer of Cerulius, a blue guard drake. Hi, my name is Nate. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk, and I am currently hosting Cade, the demigod of the land in my brain. Hi, I'm Shannon. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Shannon. I play Aranus Gray, the god of rebellion, and I am a half-elf bard. You can also find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. The journey north from Libera was unceremoniously disrupted by an attack from a group of air pirates known as the Golden Moon, led by the renowned Goldbeard, though it was her father who made the name famous. He was a charming dwarf who commanded the skies, stealing goods and hearts alike. The new Captain Goldbeard, a bold half-dwarf woman, has her face and neck tattooed with golden blossoms to resemble a beard. She was joined by a number of her half-sisters, all the progeny of the original Goldbeard, each riding a large flying creature. Goldbeard rode the most elegant creature, a giant luna moth. Goldchops, the half-plant force of nature, rode a strong yet inquisitive hammer-headed bat. Goldbraid is a brutal half-fiend who rides a nimble white bat. Then there is Goldbrow a resolute half-goliath who is joined by her giant knight heron. The act of piracy did not go well, and the four of them reluctantly agreed to be your prisoners. For now. Their mounts following somewhere in the darkness. However, the fifth sister, a half-halfling who goes by the name Goldstash, was sent plummeting to the ground with her giant screech owl inside of Finnegan's magical sphere. From what Goldbeard has told you, their piracy is simply a means to an end. Their true goal is revenge on the great lightning phoenix who killed their father. To make matters worse, his gigantic macaw, Goldbeak, has been inconsolable ever since. They are hoping that proof of this vengeance can invigorate his spirits. Goldbeard would gladly accept your help, if only you weren't so intent on delivering them to the authorities. They know that there is plenty of time before you reach a proper city, and are hoping they can change your minds on this matter. But in the meantime, there are repairs to be made to the regal splendor after the attack. The hole punched in the hull won't be too difficult to patch up, but any of the goods Goldchops managed to get stowed away on her bat remain lost for now. As a result... Food and drink will need to be rationed until you can resupply or manage to get them back. As the days pass, your crew take turns watching over the prisoners in the animal hold. Sam and Carolina have been barred from this duty, but Asturias, Mahogany, Felicity, and Parlin seem to enjoy watching over the pirates. The sisters are not making any overt actions to escape or sabotage the ship, and your friends find their tales fascinating. During this time, is there anything in particular you want to do with your captives? My biggest goal is to ensure that they don't that they don't talk their way out of being captives. <laughs> okay, okay. I think that's definitely something we can deal with. Arnis, Darwin, do either of you have any goals with your captives? No. No, I really don't. All right. So Finnegan just wants to make sure that they can't somehow talk their way out of being captives. 
On this small of a ship, there's not a large amount of room for escape since you're up in the sky, but there are other areas of the ship where they're not allowed. I'm sure there are other certain freedoms that are limited, let's just say. So Finnegan, how do you want to go about that? You could be down there all day, every day, just in the corner watching. But if there are times when there are only your party members there, what steps are you taking to prevent them from charming their way to more freedoms? I think the first step is like on the first day they're captive, holding a like basic, here's how to handle with these people like seminar (laughs) with all of the people that aren't trained on how to handle, you know, prisoners. Um, Like you don't talk to them, don't interact with them beyond giving them their daily rations. You know, if they need to go to the bathroom, this is the procedure for that. Like going over all of these like essential regulations to ensure that they don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then like the other side of it is scheduling watches where they're not going to easily be able ideally to convince people, right? Like being aware of who's going to be in the room when and that they're not so long that, you know, they have like two hours to talk to this person, right? Like that sort of stuff. Okay, okay. I'd love to have a role for this, just because these are charming pirates and, you know, you've got children aboard who, as I said, they enjoy watching over the pirates. This doesn't necessarily mean that they are giving things back to the pirates, but Goldbeard and her sisters, that's not stopping them from talking. So, I mean, I don't want to say this is just persuasion since you're teaching them something like, hey, we need to make sure that our prisoners don't like get past you with fancy words. Um, I mean, I could see it being persuasion and then we could add your proficiency modifier since this is directly related to, you know, things that you probably had to do when you were part of the, uh, the Wyvern force. But uh, mm. I'm up to other ideas. I'm open to other ideas too. Um, no, I'm, I'm cool. Whatever you want me to roll, man. <laughs> All right, then let's do that. It's persuasion with your proficiency, since this is something that you're trained to do. This specific type of thing. So I have no natural bonus to persuasion, so that's going to be a plus five. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's not bad. It's a 14. Hey, that's not bad at all. And yeah, I think the adults take you seriously. Felicity, Parlin, Ristos, Asturias, Olwan. They understand that, yeah, when you're a prisoner, when you're a captive, it is only natural to want to get out. And if you can't force your way out, you try to charm your way out. But most of the kids have no experience in this type of thing. Prisoners, you know, they're not, they're criminals, but how bad of criminals are they really? Mahogany is pro- mm-hmm. Mahogany or Morello? Um, I think Morello's a little bit more on board with it. Since to him, you know, most problems are stabbing problems. It's like, all right, keep my eyes on him. Got it. Mahogany, though, is, you know, child gang leader. She's had to use words to get herself out of situations before, too. You know, local scraps with local authorities like stealing some food or whatnot or, you know, graffiti. Nothing like piracy. Obviously. So some of the kids, mm, they hear you, but they don't hear you hear you. They don't understand how bad it could be if they, you know, talk to the prisoners. Because it's just words. How bad could words be? But yeah, I think, the, I think the adults all understand. And because of this, the time your party members spend watching over the prisoners goes fairly well. This does mean that the pirates are a little happier when one of the kids is included in the pair, because they know they'll get some interaction. But then again, there are some times when it's just a pair of adults. You know, it's Felicity and Olwan. They're not really getting much back. They'll just turn and talk to themselves. Hush tones. Or, of course, you know, they need to sleep. They need to eat. And no, I don't think we're going to work out where the bathroom is. It's somewhere private. As long as you're not <laughs> making them go on the floor like the animals, there's no worry. <laughs> No. Okay, okay. On a related question, is there anything people want 
from your captives, information or otherwise. Nope. I can't think of anything. Hmm? Nope. All right. All right. In which case, it's a rather dull week with your pirate companions. Sorry. Captives. All right. I need two people who are watching. I don't need to roll for this. I'll simply ask. Right now, there are two people watching over the prisoners down in the animal hold. It doesn't have to be one of you. It could be just your party members. But I need to know which pair are with them right now. What, what time of day is it? I mean, looking out at the sky, it's black. But that's to be expected. Um, we'll say it's around the afternoon time. Um, time of day is not important here, so we'll just put it in the middle of the day. So it's it's one of the kids, and uh, nobody else is speaking up. Fine, it's Tonk and Arnis. <laughs> Arnis, do you want to be watching over them? Yeah, I'm good. I was going to volunteer. So cool. Okay, okay, okay. Tonk and Arnis. Oh, that's so cute. You guys practicing any uh, any songs while you're down there with the pirates? Oh, definitely. Uh, but it's something we're like just learning. So it's real shitty. <laughs> it's almost like torture. Air shanties. <laughs> it's real shitty. Air shanties. I like it. <laughs> or sky sh- shanties. Sky shanty. Oh, even better. Sky shanties. Yeah. No, we're, we're, we're developing a genre called sky shanties. And we haven't quite figured out the sound yet. So it all just kind of sounds like noise right now. Whoosh. Like atonal. Noise and, stuff. And, and a lot of whooshing, yes. <laughs> How do you whoosh with a lute? I no, think you, it's the wind doing it. You just you just whoosh with your mouth. You don't have to <laughs> You don't have to like blow into the lute or something. Like you just you play weird things on the lute and then you just go whoosh. It's <laughs> <laughs> horrible. <laughs> We're still working it out. Yes, it is horrible right now. We're working on it. <laughs> okay. Your four captives are doing their best to maintain some composure, but uh, uh, who's going to let it? some of her true feelings show a little bit? Goldbraid. Half dwarf, half fiend. Golden blossoms woven into her braids. Just the look on her face is just uh uh-uh. uh, not a fan. I don't know what's going on with these two. She gets up and she approaches you two. Aren't you both bards? I. F- I don't actually I say assume, anything. I just kind of I, stare at her like. Okay. <laughs> I assumed bards were like, you know, better, musically speaking, anyways. Or are you not the music kind of bards? First and of all, ta- um, oh, you're going to respond. Oh, cool. ta- oh, I'll, I'll, I'll respond <laughs> now. Unless Tonk has something to say first, you can go ahead no. if you want. No, go for it. I don't need to talk to myself. First of all, um, I seem to recall kicking one of your asses up and down this place with music. So stop. Second, we're literally developing an entire new kind of music. So, you're welcome for being a part of the beginning of something. You know, just because something's new doesn't mean it's necessary. Something to think about. Well, I mean, maybe you're not necessary either, but you're still here, so... I'm not new. I've been around for... There's no need to make it personal. I was just talking about the music. Not about you personally. Dude, you came over here and insulted my music, so that seems pretty personal to me. Like, you didn't have to. You walked over here and started insulting my music and Tonk's music. So, turnabout is fair play. Is there something that I'm allowed to insult without making it personal? Why would you need to insult anything? That's not the question. But, um, because my ears are displeased. How about that? Because I'm a prisoner. I mean, if it makes you feel better, this isn't the only place that we practice this. We just happen to be on watch together right now. We're doing this in other parts of the ship, too. Though, to be honest, when we start doing this on the tween deck, usually everybody leaves. So So this is a form of torture, then. Got it. One of the good cops show back up. 
if you're going to be the bad cops. If I was a bad cop, I would be demanding information from you at the same time that I was torturing you. I would be shouting things as I was playing shitty music, like, tell me what I need to know. But as you can see, I'm not doing that. So. I mean, yeah. unless there's something you'd like to tell me. Is there something you'd like to tell me? Not with that attitude. <laughs> cool. And as she says, not with that attitude, there is an extremely loud cracking sound outside like thunder insanely close everybody on the ship hears this the regal splendor rocks a bit what do folks do i don't take my eyes off the prisoners (laughs) good okay darvin and finnegan then you're not down here what are you two doing we gotta check it out i'm guessing yeah all right up to the up to the top let's get out to the deck top to the deck okay I think since since Carolina and Samudio have have been barred from watching the prisoners because you're worried they might get a little too friendly, let's say. They've also been spending some time steering the ship, getting more comfortable with it. Right now, Carolina is up there, hands on the wheels, and she's looking a bit spooked. She sees you two come up like that was insanely close. It came from just off the mm, off the port starboard. Port used to be larboard. That's left. Um, what, what am I saying? She's not a she's not a ship person. She's not going to say port or starboard. She doesn't care that much. Whatever it was was just off the the the, the left hand side there. And then there's another flash of light, followed almost instantly by the sound of thunder. Awesome. So. I'm sorry, there's another ship out there? No. Okay. No. no. So there's just lightning, right? Like Right, that was just lightning and thunder, yeah. Okay. Well I don't I don't I don't know what to do. I okay. know Finnegan would know what to do, but I don't know what to do. Okay. <laughs> Does, what about you, Darwin? Can we tell if it's natural? That's a very good question. You can roll uh Shit, nature is actually a skill, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can roll some nature, or you can roll some persu- uh, uh, persuasion. God, you can't persuade <laughs> the fucking sky. Um, <laughs> you can roll nature or perception. Um, I could have never... Oh, there we go. I didn't go perception. All right. I got a 16 total. Cool. Finnegan, are you joining in? Or is this just Darwin? Yeah, I'll roll the nature on that. Okay. I got a 10. I'm a little distracted. That's fair. There's a lot going on on the ship right now. It's been a week with these captives. Nothing's gone wrong yet, and that feels suspicious. So it's hard to tell. But, Darvin, rushing over to the left-hand side, the port side, looking out, you see a few more crackles of lightning. These aren't, like, huge lightning bolts, but just crackles in the sky, through the clouds. And then you see the light turn and starts heading back towards you and bursting through the clouds is this huge red and white crackling phoenix. Holy crap, I put this out to Finnegan. <laughs> and it is approaching the ship again. Mm, this is not good. <laughs> Fuck, man. Chekhov's lightning phoenix right here. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I guess I'm going to try and help Olwan steer the ship to try to avoid getting hit by lightning. It's, uh, it's Carolina currently piloting Sorry. the ship. Sorry, Carolina. That's okay. I, that is definitely some, Do you want to actually go over there and like help with the wheel and like turning and maneuvering? Or are you going to be like the lookout, like hard left, hard right, things like that? Yeah, that sort of thing, like like gauging where the attack's coming and trying to help figure out how to dodge it. Excellent. Darvin, I'm going to give you one more bit of information before you tell me what you want to do, now that you've seen this and you've gone, oh crap, danger. Darvin, you recognize this, Phoenix. It was one of the two outside of Honey Hollow during that final attack. By the conscription? Yeah. Gotcha. There was the 
one out there deleting the snow and eventually buildings and people. And then there was this one, the lightning one. Uh, the, okay, that was a phoenix. I forgot that was a phoenix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the deleter. Yeah. Okay, okay. But this one's not a deleter. No. Technically, that one is called, well, technically, by which I mean I made up its name. The other one is called a void light phoenix. Void light. This is a lightning phoenix, though. So, Darwin, what would you like to do? Is it redundant to just try and keep an eye on it with what Finnegan's doing? A little bit. I feel like someone should stay closer to it, where at least if it gets closer, I can, I don't know, at least I can yell down if it gets closer, or I can try and punch it or Uh something. (laughs) Try to punch it or something. Position myself so I can try and punch it if it gets within reach. All right. But it'd probably have to be too close for that, huh? I I mean, you would have to touch it to punch it. Oh, that's right. This is made out of lightning. Uh, Well... Okay, not that's entirely. A weird it's not entirely made out of lightning, but it's up to you if you actually want to try to do that. No, that's a good point. I'm sorting seems just as foolhardy. I don't know what I'm going to do against. We this could thing. have one of you on the port side, one of you on the starboard side, giving like Working the, as a team. the yeah. The I, I think that's possible. All I can do. Okay. Okay. Cool. It is currently uh, approaching from the port side. Who's on which side? Starboard. Yeah, I'll take the other one. All right, Finnegan's on port. Okay. So, Finnegan, this lightning phoenix is approaching quickly. Lightning is crackling around its wings, its beak, all down its back. Give me a perception check. See how well you can gauge where it's going to be. I have not rolled higher than a 10 tonight, and that's a 4. Which direction do you tell Carolina? To move as this bird approaches. I, towards my towards my side. Okay. Like, quick, turn it port. Turn it port. And she's... What? We're not drinking. And she turns, but it's too slow. And it probably wasn't the right direction anyways. And this lightning phoenix comes real close to you. Like 15 feet maybe. Takes a brief pause in the air and lets out another bolt of lightning and it rockets across the deck of the ship your hair just stands right up on end darvin and finnegan make a dexterity saving throw to see if this knocks you off your feet well that's something apparently i can do better Mm -hmm. i got a 16 all right darvin oh i mean i can't do better i got a 12 all right finnegan you see this coming you're able to kind of jump to the side a little bit shakes you you're fine. Darwin, this catches you a little bit more off guard, and you stumble and catch yourself on the railing on some ropes, but you're not going to fall down. But this bird is now very close and seems very interested in your ship. It swoops way out of sight. Darwin, you can see the light turning in the clouds from its body as it begins another pass. What do you do? Um, I try to avoid it this time better. All right. Are you going to try to help Carolina steer? Are you going to try to warn her? Yes, that too also. Okay. You can give me another perception or nature check. Perception is definitely better here, since you know it's not natural. (laughs) I cannot cannot roll. That's a four. Oof. (laughs) What do you tell Carolina as this phoenix is approaching? I point to where it is, and I'm like, it's coming from that side uh-huh and she just immediately turns into it so rather than being able to swoop down under the ship or over the ship the regal splendor turns and it's just coming for a head-on collision with the ship the phoenix was not expecting this darvin and finnegan as the ship's turning you look forward you see the phoenix and as it gets closer its whole body starts glowing and becomes energized as the body just becomes living lightning. It is just going full electrical form, and it's going to just swoop across and through the deck. As it does so, the wings are going to pass right through you. So, both of you, as these lightning wings pass through you, 
you will both take eight lightning damage. Carolina calls ahead from where the wheel is. She's a little sin. She's taken some damage, too. I don't think this is working. Is there anything else we can do? Do you know how to stop that thing? What do you guys want to do? Um, I can, I, mean, I can, I can try and reach out and talk to it. We could fashion a lightning rod. Mm. Let me try and talk to it first. <laughs> okay. Finnegan, one thing I will give you free for rolling. You know that phoenixes are elementals and not beasts. Got it. You can try to reach out and talk to it. I'm not going to say it doesn't know language or anything because creatures can be smart, but you know this isn't the same as talking to a bird. Okay, yes. Question. We have not encountered before, Mm -hmm. but is it still a creature that could be tamed by me? Oh, that's a very good question. I need to look at the tamer class things real fast. I'm guessing no. I think they have to be beasts, but let's take a look. Creature companion. Any creature may be viable, though more intelligent creatures are generally more resistant to being swayed. Hmm. Did we not limit it to beasts? Because we wanted to be fun and cool and not limit to beasts. Well, because, like... Oh, yeah, and we mentioned in here, like, Pegasus full, Owlbear. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. Technically, I think Yes. I'll I'll let you know right now, you certainly don't have the levels available to add this creature to your menagerie, but also right now it is aggressive. I would assume, yeah. But like, if it's a trainable creature, it means I can use, I'm better at communicating with it than if it wasn't. Right, right. Okay. This isn't like when you tried to communicate with Chase. Yeah. All right, cool. Then I'm going to use, let's see, what I know, I've studied creatures pretty thoroughly. I'm going to say I would likely know the naturally best way to communicate with a generic phoenix. Like, in general, phoenixes tend to communicate best in this language. Mm. I think I would know that generally. I think also it's probably not a language I speak. Mm -hmm. I'm... I'm looking at the Phoenix stat block. They don't have any languages listed at all. But, you know, most creatures, most beasts don't either. And, you know, speak with animals helps bridge that gap. They don't necessarily speak bird. Um, I think for a normal Phoenix, which is all fire, there might be some bird in there, but there's definitely like a, there's definitely a light component and possibly even a heat component, which might be a little bit more difficult for you to do. But, you know, they speak with the tools that they have available. They can make sound, but they also do lights and temperature and effects and burning. They're immune to fire, so shooting fire at one another isn't really that big a deal. I mean, it's it's the human equivalent of spitting on someone. It's a way to communicate, and we know what it means. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for that wonderfully reductive analogy. (laughs) Oh, woof. So, yeah. You could try just words, but if you want to incorporate some of this Lightning Phoenix's more natural communication styles, I would go for it. Should I be using one of my uses of Speak with Animals here? Because I've got them. I think it will help. I think if you're going to try to do animal handling normally, this would be disadvantage. So I think this could just remove that disadvantage. Like It knows how to understand birds to some extent because there's other birds in the sky. Got it. Cool. So then folding all that together, I am going to attempt to reach out, communicate with this creature. And uh, the gist of my communication is essentially like, we mean you no harm. You do not need to attack us. How can we assist you? Like, it's very neutral and with a hint of like, let me rather help you than have you hurt me. Okay. Go ahead and roll for this. We're going to go big money, big die. Big money, big die. Rolling animal handling? Yeah, let's do that. You could do persuasion too, but I'm trying to be nice here. Oh, I can use my intelligence mod for the animal handling, which is going to be, it's going to be the same because I have proficiency in it. So, wait, no, I don't. Oh, this is going to be way better. It's going to be five plus my proficiency. It's a plus 10. Nice. 
to nine, which makes it a 19. Still hey. has an old higher than a 10. But a 19 total is pretty good. That it is. You reach out and you attempt to communicate. But as I said, this is not a beast. It doesn't speak the beast language. It knows some of it from exposure and necessity. So it's like, so it's like imagine you met somebody who didn't speak any English, but you both knew like a second language, just not very well. You meet a nice German person. They don't speak English. You don't speak German, but you both speak French kind of meh. It's kind of what we're, where we're at here. Got it. There's a little bit of shared knowledge there. It doesn't all translate. So what you get back in these like screeching sounds, I think you're missing the lightning and the electric and the light element of the, the communication that they're giving. At least the subtle points of it. The more aggressive points of it, you're getting. Because <laughs> everybody knows what a slap in the face is like. And it's not, that, it's not that this phoenix thinks you mean it harm. This phoenix just thinks... This is my sky. Mm. You're in my sky. And something's, I don't know smells, but they definitely sense that there is uh, an element of danger or wrongness about your ship. It's not really a provoked attack. It's just they think they rule the skies and there's something off about you. The ship, not you personally, Finnegan. Then my next step is try to, to try to convince it that we, we again, we mean it no harm. We just want to pass on through your sky and we will no longer be in your sky and you can have it back. All right. Well, let's have Darwin have a turn first. Well, if Darwin has anything that he wants to do, I, I can't think of anything actually. Okay. I'm going to let Finnegan do his thing. I, I mean, that's one way to go about it. I'll help him. Okay. Um, <laughs> how? I'm I'm just kidding. I I don't think I can help. Okay. If, if you had a way to commune with animals, I'd be very interested. I really don't. But to go back to Finnegan's oh-so-elegant spit-in-the-face analogy here, the phoenix is going to do another flyby right across the deck of the ship. This is just aggressive posturing. You just happen to take damage when it passes through your space. So, Carolina, Finnegan, and Darwin you all take 14 points of lightning damage as it passes through again. And this time it doesn't fly as far past. It turns around, hovers in place, wings flapping in like a circular motion. Like, if you want to pass, then... I don't know. I don't know a good way to... Like, it, yeah, it's posturing. It's puffing up big, it's flapping its wings. There's lightning crackling off. Okay. And um, before, you, before you act, just in case... Aranus and Tonk, from within the animal hold, you don't feel lightning, you don't see the lightning, but you definitely know, like, something is impacting the ship. There's some swaying, and maybe, like, the hairs on your arms and neck are starting to stand up a little bit just from all the extra static electricity in the air. I don't know if you care, I don't know if you want to run away from the prisoners to investigate, nope. but right now it doesn't seem like there's an attack. Nope. Okay. I'd like to use my reaction to use my Draconic Buckler and not take all of that damage. Oh, I forgot about this thing. Draconic Buckler. What do we got here? How does this work? Essentially, I roll a number of d6s equal to the number of charges I want to spend to lessen the damage. Okay, let me read it here. As seven charges, you can use reaction and expend any number of them. A luminous draconic shield appears in front of the target, reducing the damage by 1d6 per charge spent. If the target or the source of the damage is draconic in origin, which is not... Okay, you don't get to bump up that die, but okay. Cool. How many charges do you want to spend from this shield? I'm going to use three. Okay, so 3d6. Oh, I'm going to take ten less. <laughs> hey, nice. So that's only four for you. Yeah, this nice blue dragon-looking image appears, and a shield comes out and helps absorb some of that. Cool. I don't think we've seen action from that draconic buckler in a while. It's been a while, yeah. Which is, I'm like, it's got to be fully charged, because it's been so long. I'm going to use that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Finnegan, do you want to keep trying to negotiate with this phoenix? I'm going to try one more, like, dude, just let us pass, and... This air is, the sky is your sky as soon as we pass through. 
Right, roll for it again. We, we don't mean you any harm, buddy. Holy shit. Let's keep with the uh, not rolling higher than a 10. That is a 13. Oof. I think I was going to give you this information regardless, but now it'll just come with a little bit of pain, too. I think it'll tell you first. I think it'll finally be able to finish communicating this thought. Like You got half of the message before. You're going to get the other half of it this time. But it's also going to come with it reaching out a lightning claw and just scraping at you. But first, the information. How does it phrase this? How does it come across when it tries to phrase this? You mean me harm. I can smell the harm. You have harmed me before. Mm -hmm. And if it didn't dawn on you before, Mm -hmm. this time, yeah, this phoenix is referring to your prisoners who it can tell are on your ship. I've got one more shot. <laughs> uh, so it is going to try to, they are going to reach out and try to claw you with this lightning talon. This is an attack and oh, they rolled a 19 on the die. Awesome. You're going to take some lightning and Darwin, you're going to take some of this lightning damage too. Nice. I need some dice. Oh, Darwin, you get to make a dexterity saving throw to avoid this. Ooh, I rolled well this time. What'd you get? I got a 29. Okay. Darvin, you're going to be able to leap out of the way. Okay. Finnegan, you take 36 lightning damage as this claw reaches out and scrapes across you. Lightning crackles along your body and shoots off towards Darvin. Darvin, do-do-do-do-do. Flips tumbles out of the way. Um, do you want to try to use your buckler again? No, it's it's not going to do enough on that one. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that that option was known. Cool. Darvin, is there anything you want to do? This phoenix definitely just attacked Finnegan. And intended harm for you as well. I don't know what we can do against this thing. I I just want to prep for another attack. Like maybe position myself somewhere where it's less likely to be able to hit me. Okay. Do you still want to be on the deck of the ship? Yes, that's the thing. I want. Okay. I don't want to leave Finnegan and, you know, where the right place to be is, probably. I don't know either. I mean, I don't know what's up here, but... Um... I could, like, you know, press myself real flat against the deck so it doesn't... You know what I mean? Something like uh, that, except... Yeah. Like, snug yourself up against the railing, crouch down. Somewhere where it would have a difficult time. Just, mm-hmm. Just... You know, just changing the angles a little. Yeah, yeah. If it can't see you quite as well, then it's much harder to, to do that. All right. I think we can do that. Finnegan, what would you like to do? Now that I more fully understand the situation, I'm going to try one more time to try and convince this thing what's going on. Okay, you're brave soul. Brave soul. I know. Well, and part of the hope and the success here is that the bravery pays off. Maybe. What I'm going to attempt to communicate this time is that clearly I and my companion mean you no harm, for we have not attacked you since we've flown into your space. And now that I understand that you believe we are those who have attacked you in the past, I can tell you that we have taken them as prisoners and intend to bring them to justice for what they have done. I understand that's very convoluted and probably hard to convey, but... I still am not yet ready to try and kill this creature that is literally just trying to live its life after having been forced to serve the conscription. Mm-hmm. All right. I, you can go ahead and roll that. DC's going to be a little higher on that. It's very... Uh, I figured. It's a very moralistic... I don't want to say human, but I don't have a better word for it. But, you know, this is the laws of people that you're talking about. Hey, that's better. That's an 11, which makes it a 21. But the Phoenix, caring not for people law, only believes in sky law. (laughs) This Phoenix wants their own justice. Doesn't understand too well the whole idea of authorities and whatnot. And you get back a very simple message, which is give me my prey. Simple trade. That is a... Is a hell of a moral conundrum for Finnegan. 
because I mean, the truest form of justice would be to let these people and him just have at each other and fly away. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to explain all of this conversation to Darwin and see what he thinks. What you think, Darwin? And trade your prisoners for safe passage? I no, I no. I I think it's time to see if we can fashion a lightning rod or something. Or there must be some magic we could use against this thing. I oh yeah, magic is always an option. But I mean, I don't have any magic. But right, I mean, you got a magic leg sword and magic sword sword and magic gloves, but probably not. That's true. Like contain lightning, Phoenix magic. Yeah, not like that. Um, Finnegan, you got any fancy magic that might be able to do something here? I believe it's too big for my sphere. How big's your sphere? Mm, let me look. Uh, that, 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 uh, I've got it if you don't. But Large or smaller size creature. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Bigger than large. Yeah. Because as it's flying over the deck, it's hitting everybody. And wingspan's way too big. Let me look at the rest of my spells. I like where your head's at, though. Also, that sphere would buy you a minute, and then Phoenix would be upset. <laughs> but that does give you a minute to try to do other things, if that could be done. But okay, I'm 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 faced with a moral conundrum with mm-hmm. Finnegan right now, because I am not about to attack this creature. I'm not comfortable fighting it when all at once is essentially its definition of justice. And the people it wants it from are criminals who deserve justice. So I'm really not comfortable fighting this thing. That being said, I don't want to be the player who says that's not what my character would do. But if we decide we're going to fight it, I'm going to be pulling my punches because I'm not going to let this creature die. All right. You don't want to kill it, but you don't want to die. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah, that sounds reasonable to me, dude. But I also firmly believe the morally correct thing to do is to hand these pirates over to the creature that they hurt. Wait, let me check my alignment. Are you going to tell Darvin that? Yeah, that sounds less reasonable. I'm chaotic good. No, I think that's completely in my alignment. I think the, the right thing to do is to let justice be served. Good luck convincing others of that. Yeah. But hey, if you guys want to take this below deck and hash this out while the ship I don't think gets... we have the time. <laughs> like, this thing's going to clearly keep attacking us. You're saying if we, like, get in a fist fight over it? No, I just meant, like, discuss it <laughs> below deck. You decks. want to take this below deck, sounds like. Okay. Oh. No, I'm not saying we, we hand them over to be murdered. Like, whatever they've got on them, like, go for it. Like, you, this is what you wanted anyway. It's a phoenix. It's going to murder them. Well, but this is what they wanted anyway. They were out here to try and kill it anyway. So let them try. I mean, if we hadn't, if they hadn't attacked us and we hadn't taken mm-hmm. them as prisoner, they would have, they would be having this fight anyway. Mm-hmm. They would be having this fight on their mounts. I'm sorry. I, I don't need to play a voice here unless you're involving Carolina in this discussion. Because right now this is between you and Darwin. So you and Darwin. I mean, have if Carolina, Carolina wants to chime in with that aspect, uh, I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> She's trying to steer the ship, uh, and there's yeah. the sound of lightning and thunder right now. So, um, unless you're going over to her, she's focused on other things. Or yeah, you can get input from those below deck, such as your prisoners or your party members. Yeah, that's a good idea. We should. All right. You're gonna head below deck. Yeah, I guess. Carolina shouts out like. Where are you going? No, you know what? I'm not. I'm not because I already made up my decision. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna look over and I'm told. I, if if you disagree, then go talk to everyone downstairs and come up to your answer by committee. I'll stay up here and help Carolina. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Carolina would not be pleased at being left alone up here with which giant lightning phoenix. Also, that kind of covers my whole like. I disagree with the idea of not letting this happen. So let everybody else come up with an answer, and I will let that answer be the answer. Cool. But I've had, I've said my I've said my part now at this point. All right, let's follow Darwin below decks then. Darwin, where are you going? Who are you going to talk to? I'm looking for. I'm actually really looking for Arnis. Arnis just happens to be with the prisoners right now. Nice in the animal hold. Funny how that works. I, I wish I could say I planned it, but I didn't. But this is great. Cool. 
<laughs> all right, you rush down. Burst in through the door. The prisoners all look at you. <gasps> you look a little charred. A little <laughs> it's singed. It's not funny, but it's... But Arnis, you go. Or Darvin, you go. You burst in. What do you say? I don't want to talk about this in front of the prisoners, so I'm going to say, Arnis, <laughs> can, we, can we talk somewhere not here? You... Can someone else watch the prisoners for a minute? Uh, Tonk's like, oh, I got this. No. Mm. You want to go get somebody else? Because we're two-person teams here. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, come on, Arnis. Like, I, Tonk, I trust you. However, there's more of them than there are of you. And to be frank, you're very tiny. So Okay, okay. I'll go get uh, someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you get? Not uh, Carolina. She's busy. Um... I don't know, whoever I can find. Oh, here, I'll help you. I'll help you out. I'll help you out. Darvin, go get Asturias. There we go. Okay. Okay, I get Asturias. Get Asturias. Uh, Chase is already down here, so Asturias can come down, join you real fast. What? You want me to watch? Okay, fine. I just got off my shift, but fine. I'm sorry. Apparently, I have to talk to Darvin. I'll make it up by taking part of one of your shifts. You can take all of my next shift. Sounds good. Let's go, Darvin. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not in negotiating mood. I'm not going to fight with you. Apparently I got to talk to Darwin. <laughs> Sweet. She Let's smiles go. and just like sits down against Chase. Like there's a nice big old bear chair. <laughs> bear chair. All right. Darwin, Arnis, what are you talking about? Oh, basically there's, you know, the Phoenix they're hunting. It's out there attacking us. Oh, is that the Phoenix and... that like killed their dad? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. And Finnegan thinks we should just let them after them. I mean, oh, I mean let the prisoners. Like, yeah. Let them all sort it out on their own. Yeah. Wait. So the so okay. So the thing that's making the big like bangs against the ship, the lightning, probably or whatever, the phoenix. That's the phoenix. Okay. So the the phoenix knows they're on the ship. It does. So the phoenix is after them. It is, but it's not so good at discriminating. But they were also after the Phoenix? They are, I believe. I don't know, it's confusing. But okay. I think everyone's after everyone. Okay, so, and Finnegan thinks we should just give them to each other and let them sort it out. Correct. Because Finnegan doesn't want to kill the Phoenix. Yeah, okay, Correct. That, that tracks, that tracks, that tracks. And my, my first thought was, you know... It, I'm not comfortable giving up or killing people in our custody, but he's right. If we just let them go and what happens happens, maybe that's okay. Huh. Give me just a second. So I'm going to walk down, I'm going to walk down into the hold with the prisoners and be like, crash of lightning. Yeah. Seems like that Phoenix wants to kill you. Goldbeard being the captain of the group. That's like, oh, finally noticed they were out there, huh? What are you going to do about it? I mean, I got a buddy up top who just wants to let you go and let the phoenix do its thing. And you want to let us go? Or not? I don't know. I'm not really sure. You seem way too complacent about being let go. I don't really want to fight that thing either because it seems like it has beef with you and I don't like that. Well, this wouldn't be the first time that we've encountered it. The Phoenix won last time, but we're ready to go again. You know, provided you actually let us go and allow us to disembark. Hang on a minute. And I go up and talk to Finn. <laughs> oh, you're going to go up to the deck? Yep. I'm going up to the deck. Cool. Yeah. Keeping pace with the ship about 15 feet off the starboard side is this huge lightning phoenix that notices you and is just like <sighs> ah, that's a bad sound but you know there's a crackling sound of lightning I got you. uh Finn Oi. uh I heard about your plan I actually don't think it's terrible however I told the prisoners about your plan they seem a little too keen to get back out there and fight this thing <laughs> I'm concerned that your plan's going to backfire and they're going to kill it. Because I get it. I, I get what you're trying to do. 
You're trying to solve two problems at once. But I think I think it may kill them and then keep trying to kill us. <laughs> if it cares about us, I don't know if it will. No, 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 that they are going to kill it and then they're going to still have gotten away. Sorry. Uh-huh. Okay. Sorry, Scott, I'm sorry. Am I wrong in thinking that if we handed the prisoners over to this thing that we're done with this whole situation? Depending on how it shakes out and depending on whether or not you let them actually disembark and return to their flying mounts. Like, are you releasing them 100% or are you just going to invite them up to the deck to fight there while you all go below deck? No, my concern if they just fought on deck is that the thing is going to destroy our ship still. Yeah, 100%. Right, the collateral damage would be too much. Mm-hmm. No, if we mm-hmm. release them, we're literally letting them go. Yeah. Which I'm not thrilled by, but I'm confident this thing is going to ruin them because it feels like it would be a fight for us and they fell to us pretty easily. <laughs> and they're it down was, one member. It was pretty easy. That means they will face no land justice. Sky justice, though. But Finnegan has no problem with the justice of the wild either. Like, clearly these two groups want to fight each other, so let them have at it. I guess we are just sort of standing in the way by going yeah. like, you have to face justice. And I'm like, I think this kind of is justice. All right, let me see if I can convince Darwin. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I go did. back downstairs and I'm like, and I relay basically the whole conversation we just had mm-hmm. and be like, mm-hmm. can we, can we let him go? Yeah, that's whatever. We can let him go. Okay. I don't care. All right. I'm going to go back into the room with the prisoners. <laughs> well, this is just the wildest shit. Um, shockingly, it would appear you're about to get your way. You're free to go, but I'll tell you what, I'll give you a warning. You ever come at us again, you're not going to live to tell the tale. Nice. You're warned. Get out of here. I don't want to see you again. We're free to get off the ship. Yes. I figure if I'm going to make you fight that thing, if you're going to have to fight that thing, you should do it on your own terms, because I think it's probably going to wreck you no matter what. I think it would wreck me. So. I think it was designed to wreck you. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, I mean, we can talk more about that afterwards. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to say this moment. We've been preparing and training for this fight a long time. Yeah, maybe we mistook you for some sort of pleasure cruise. Our bad. But uh, that's just one bird. There's <laughs> ten of us. If you're going to let us go, I will happily take that. As she walks by you, she just gives you a little squeeze and a little pinch there on the side. Just like in the Don't little touch me. soft... Don't touch me. <laughs> Wrong kind of bard, buddy. <laughs> no, you're a person who's doing them a favor, playing along. They're playing along. They're not groping you. Like I know. In naughty places. I don't want them to, I still don't want them to touch me. <laughs> that, and that's also fair. I just wanted to make it clear that like, she's not grabbing your ass. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Just like right there under the ribs on the side. Nope. Just a little squeeze. Nope. Don't touch me. Well, sisters, told you it wouldn't be long. Let's get out of here. And they get all, all get up and smile. Uh, and they begin walking out. I think they'll stop just before getting onto the deck of the ship. To coordinate their plan. Are you going with them? I'll follow them up to a point. Sure. I mean, either you're going on to the top deck or you're not. No, all right. Then I am. Okay. Darwin, are you coming back up to the top? Yeah, why not? Okay. 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 I guess this isn't going to be your fight after all. I think Goldbeard might say something to that effect. Well, (sighs) I guess this isn't going to be your fight. You still have a chance to help us if you want. And if you do, you know, you can come and visit us. We'd be much obliged. Hard pass. Your loss. Yours too. Their loss that you're not visiting? That we're not going to help them. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. We'll see. Gives you a wink. Throw open the door. All four of them sprint onto the deck into opposing corners. As all four of them burst out onto the deck and start running into the opposite corners. The phoenix sees them. Finnegan, you can see the lightning just crackling up energy all across its wings and bodies. It swoops up and begins, begins taking position for another pass across the deck. 
but before it can do so, all four of them leap from the ship in opposite corners. And then their mounts catch them underneath. They are joined by their fifth sister. They take off into the sky, flying around the lightning phoenix, like a sphere formation. And they begin taking pot shots at them. Blasts of cold, thrown darts, firing slings, dropping some of your goods off of the back of one of their bats. Uh, Since you never negotiated to get those back. Um... Do y'all want to stay out here and watch the fight, or are you just totally uninterested? Oh, we're moving away, but I am going to watch as we're moving away, just so that if the Phoenix wins and then comes after us, I'm prepared. Okay, okay. Um, I'm just going to roll a couple of dice. I just want to see how this goes. Darwin and Arnis, are you also staying up to watch this action? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let me roll a few dice here just to work out the details of how this goes. I've already got the vagueness, but let's see. Wait, Lightning Phoenix needs to be an appropriate lightning color. Get a blue die. The Lightning Phoenix is fearsome. Lightning and thunder bursts through the sky. And while you are easy pickings on the deck of a ship, going up against five mobile fighters were able to surround it and attack from a distance, it quickly becomes evident that these pirates have the upper hand. The phoenix is getting in its shots. It will swoop through, much as it did to you, Finnegan and Darwin, electrifying its targets, swiping at them with lightning. But there are simply too many of them, too spread out. It takes a few minutes. The pirates... The Golden Moon pirates have patience and determination. And after a couple minutes, there's an explosion of lightning, almost as if the sun appears for a moment in the sky, and you see their shadows cast along the clouds in the background. And then there's the slowest lightning bolt you have ever seen, like a dropping snowflake falling through the sky landing in the snow in the distance, and the five of them swoop down to it. The pirates have been successful. How much damage they took, very difficult to tell from this distance, but they suffered no permanent losses. What is the reaction on the ship? Can you just confirm something for me? Mm -hmm. They have now killed the adult phoenix and have swooped down to where the, we could assume, reborn phoenix is going to birth? Well, Finnegan, I think you would know this about phoenixes of any kind. Darwin and Arnis, I don't know if you know this as well, but since Finnegan can know this, and I assume isn't going to hoard this information, I'll just say it. The way a D&D phoenix works is, when it dies, it explodes. And the result of that explosion is an egg. It does not hatch right away. There are methods to forcefully hatch it and birth a new phoenix, but there is not a timeline on that. I am going to, as I watch them go for the egg, shout this out to my companions and tell them that, that we really can't let them have a phoenix egg. Like, I'm okay with them getting their justice, but not okay with them taking this creature and making it their servant. Agree. Or killing it, God forbid. That's what they're going to do. I also don't want these people having a phoenix. What are you going to do about it? And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. 
If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, thanks to Daryl Barnes for creating our theme music. You can find them on Twitter at Daryl Barnes underscore. We also want to thank the talented at Gabby underscore Desu on Twitter for our fantastic podcast art. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.